Panago Pizza presents S S D P P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! So, guys, we're here. It's about to rain in Toronto. I don't know if you can feel the thickness in the air coming through the podcast. We're supposed to get so much rain tonight that things will be wet, and that's. I've been sitting at home oh. listening to the news, oh and they're like, oh my God, there's going to be rain, and there's going to be special weather statements, and like, just think of all the wetness. There will be, the creeks will rise, so you're supposed to stay away from creeks, maybe stay what? off the roads too, because, you know, there could be hydroplaning going on. Oh, so, so we're getting like rain, rain. Rain, rain, yeah. Oh. Like rain, Steve, if you hadn't gotten your foundation fixed, you, you, might, be flood- you might be looking at a flood tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Really it used sorry. to be it. It used to be like the horn that the Persians use in 300, and I'm and I'm just like standing there with my shield, and I'm just like, get the towels, and like <laughs> putting them in all the corners of the basement. It was the worst. It was the worst. Because yeah, it flooded a couple of times, right? It did, yeah, a bunch. So yeah. yeah, it was like right away as soon as we moved in, and then I guess the hole's filled with dirt. And then they very unfilled with dirt and flooded the basement. Right. It's good. Right, which it's is cool. Stuff. Love that. Love that. Good Love times. So much. Um, I, I have PTSD. I feel the floor every time it rains. When, I'm, when, my, uh, when I was a kid, my mom had a Pontiac Tempest. And you probably don't know what that looks like, but it was a gray Pontiac Tempest. And it was not the best car. As Pontiac at the time, which no longer exists, by the way, Pontiac was not exactly you know, chugging out the best cars. The Pontiac Tempest had a bit of an issue with the windows, you see. So if you went through a car wash, oh, no. my mom oh, would no. have to, oh, in oh. both windows, hold up towels <laughs> so the water didn't come in the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like I wouldn't go to the car wash if I had to do that every well, time. Well, here's the thing. You can go for the car wash and you just hold the towels up, or you can do it like a loser does it and do it in your driveway. Uh, so my mom was like, no, screw that. I'm going to the car wash. I'll take, I'll, I'll be scared for 30 seconds and then I'll be fine. I'm so, a big fan of the, in the driveway car wash. Me too. It's, yeah, it's therapeutic. It's like cleaning. You know, it's just like yeah. when you clean your house, the same thing as you clean your car, you take your time, do it early in the morning before the sun comes up and then oh. the sun hits it in the day. It's perfect. There are so many up. things. Yeah. I like chores that I hated as a kid that as an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. Mm-hmm. Washing your car in the driveway. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go to the grocery store. <laughs> oh, I hate the grocery store still. I still don't like it. No, I'll get everything on the list and plus, you know, a little something for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a little something for little me. Little Stevie. <laughs> yeah, I, my, what, what do you so guys think ahead, of Jesse. mowing the lawn? Dude. Where do we rank I, mowing the do lawn? you know what I did yesterday? What's that? I, I went to my new uh, apartment because my apartment has a yard and it, it was a mess. And my dad and stepmom and I cleaned it all up, like cleaned it up from top to bottom. It looks amazing. And then we laid grass seed. Uh, the, the mowing the lawn is the easy part. It's, it's all the pre-stuff before that that's right. hard. And I, I, when I was a landscaper, like I didn't love it before I was a landscaper. And then um, I made pools for two summers and then was like, you know, I'm going to switch to gardening and cutting grass. Way better. <laughs> Way better. So I will say I love going outside and gardening now. It's the best. Um, one thing though, have you guys ever like like polished your car, like used a buffer? No. Yes, yes. What? Yes. When you can see your own face in the paint, Steve, that's when your car is clean, truly clean. What? Jesse and I have, have, are officially dads now. <laughs> <laughs> Just three dads podcast. <laughs> Talk about polishing our cars. And- Man, I've been like I like this stuff long time, like a long time ago when I was younger and cooler. 
Not that I was much cooler, but younger and cooler. Jesse likes it. Jesse's young and cool. I do enjoy those things. Yeah. That one that one pair of shoes you keep that's covered in chlorophyll. Mm. <laughs> what? Mm. Why? That, that what? old pair of white New Balance shoes covered in green chlorophyll from mowing the lawn. Mm. How mm. dare you? Just dad things. <laughs> Three dads <laughs> talking about grocery stores and yeah. mowing the lawn. Uh, well, if, you, if, if you'd like to talk about hockey we have some good news and some bad the bad is that the mm-hmm. isabel cup for the nwhl has been canceled for this season due to covid the good is that earlier this week gary bettman came out and said i don't want to be a pollyanna but it would be too easy to cancel this season now i know this is steve's favorite subject so we'll try to make it brief however no yes. I, i've i don't know you know me i go back and forth <laughs> i go back and forth and i'm like okay you take what you can get. Are you back or are you fourth today? Just so we know. Uh, I guess fourth. Okay, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, listen. It, okay, Montreal's in the playoffs. Fine. Like, wh- whatever. Just can we play? Mm-hmm. Please? If you're going to play, play. Like, just make sure it's safe and play. That's all I care about. Right. All Adam, I care about. We did, uh, we did talk about that quote last episode, and we looked up what Pollyanna means. Oh, I already yeah. forgot. And I already forgot what it means. But it's, it's a character that it, it's it's uh, one of the criticisms they had for Ray in Star Wars. If you saw Star Wars, it's that it's a character with no downside. It's a mm-hmm. two dimensional character. It's like I'm good and I'm good all the time. Yeah. Overly <laughs> optimistic was the Google definition. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, so the uh, the thing is, is that what you know? They, again, we've been talking about these hub cities for a while. Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver have, are, have all been considered. The problem here is that Canada has a rule, and I don't know if this is the same for the states, where if you're going to cross the border, uh, you have to isolate, you know, across the border other than for trade reasons, you have to isolate for two weeks. That's just the rule. And um, players evidently have stated, yeah, we'd, we'd be fine playing in Canada, but we are not isolating an extra two weeks and being away from our families that long, right? And, and you can understand how they, how, how they would feel that way. And it's, so it's interesting because John Tory, the mayor here in Toronto, said, I'd be open to this. I'd be open to the hub city idea, but they got to follow the rules, you know, provincial, uh, municipal, and national. And he said there's a good chance, and he said this at this, uh, the end of last week, that we're not going to see sports in this city until the fall, which means to <laughs> me, the hub city thing doesn't work. It makes more sense to contain it all in one country. Because if you have it in one country, you're not crossing any borders. Uh, let's just be honest, the Americans are – the American government is a little bit more lax on this than I would say we are. Um, so it becomes an easier proposition for them to pull off. It makes sense to me, Boston, New York, um, you know, maybe Tampa, uh, maybe Arizona, maybe one of the California cities or whatever. It makes a lot more sense than crossing the border for six teams. Uh, and, and, you know, as much as that doesn't sound like a big deal in a, in a pandemic, it sort of is. And I, I think when you take into account the, away from your family being away from your family for two weeks for anybody Huge is a long time yeah. now you're talking about two or three months uh-huh. tough call man tough tough to make that decision and tough to tough to make players follow the rules for that long outside of the united states so um it will be very interesting to see what happens here but if, if i'm putting money on it toronto is not a hub city it's not going to happen neither is edmonton and neither is vancouver and there's nothing to do with the merits of the cities themselves yeah um i got a question for you guys because we're talking about this as fans, but if you guys were players and you were in that situation, being away from your family, which side would you guys fall on? 
if it's hey you can if you don't get your paycheck if you don't show up you don't play these games obviously but if you show up you got to isolate away from your family and your hometown for two to possibly three months where would you guys fall on that man you know what here i gotta look it up marissa and gemi or gemi's answer uh she well no i'm i'm looking up a very interesting point does it is, uh, are you gonna answer what would it? i do what, what, what would, would i do, do? cannot think for myself adam do you no. have an answer yeah i do okay here you you go Adam. okay so go. my answer is absolutely you, you you have to do the time away from your family in my mind i'm not saying everybody else does but if you're asking me i'm doing it and here's the reason why i've just spent the last two months with my family every day which has been awesome right and at a certain point, let's just be honest here. Most of these guys with the money they're making, they're either the, the, the you know, they are for sure in 99.9% .9 of the cases, the most money coming in in the household, right? Whether or not, um, you know, mom is working or not, it's one of those things where if you've got a family, um, you got to look after the money that you've signed to the contract. And, you, and, and to me, part of it is like, I got to spend a, a ton of time with my wife and kids if I'm married, if I have kids. And there's going to be some sacrifices. This is a global pandemic. You know, when I look at sacrifices for that, like doctors and nurses make, and they don't make a 10th of what I make in this, you know, scenario, I think it's a pretty easy, pretty easy call. Um, and, and, and that's just, again, that is just me. It's not that I like it. It's not that I want it. But if I am not going to get paid, I'm doing my family a disservice. I'm doing my team a disservice. And also, I probably do want to play. And I've had the opportunity to spend an enormous amount of time with my family that I would not have otherwise gotten. And I think that you have to look at the balance of it. Um, and, you know, you're still playing for the Stanley Cup. You only get, most guys get, if, the, if you get into the league, it's five years or less, five tries mm -hmm. or less at the Stanley Cup trophy. And if you're good, it might be 10, might be 15 if you're really lucky. Um, but you got to take every opportunity that you can to get your name on that trophy, I think, as well. And, and uh, that just be my competitive side. So there's my long answer. Yeah, I, I especially think about that, the length of career thing. Like you compare that to like NFL players. Like if you're, if you're an average NFL player, your career is like two to three years and you're like, I'm going to miss out on one year of those opportunities. Yeah. You know, I assume the same is for NHL players. They're like, I don't want to miss out on opportunity that I'm only going to get a couple tries at, like you said. Right, right. Steve? Uh, so, okay, Marissa and Gemi brought up the point. Why are people calling athletes selfish for not wanting to risk their lives and leave their families for what... Uh, they don't consider fair compensation. Lexi Brown, who's uh, married to JT Brown, uh, she said, hockey players stop getting paid in April. Players never get paid through the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So that is... Playoff bonuses. I mean, it's not... Compared to what they make, it's not much. Right. So yeah. I'm not sure the financial incentive is there unless it's in the value of the league and escrow and all that crap that... I don't really understand. Yeah, because no one's making money if there are no games, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. The, the point that players have been spending all this time with their families anyway, probably, probably the most time that they've spent with their families ever. Some of them maybe ever. Like if you're a consistent, you know, two, three, uh, you know, Stanley Cup final round deep team, you know, how, how often are the Penguins home? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's probably pretty rare. Um, but as, you know, we're 10 weeks into this or, or something like that, 11 weeks into this, attitudes are changing. Players have concerns, and rightly so. Um, 
making them stay away from their families is brutal. But I think a lot of attitudes are changing and we're seeing more and more people chomping at the bit. And I wonder if the players fall into the same category. Right. And, and that's not to say that there's not going to be issues with that or players that disagree or whatever. I'm giving you my answer. I'm giving you what I would do. Uh, but there's no catch-all. Like every situation, every, as we all know, every home situation is very different. So you have to figure out what, what works for you and do it. And I think both answers are right. It just depends on your situation. And I think players are going to have to follow their hearts on that one. It's real tough. It's real it tough. tough. I, I don't know what the right answer is. And uh, I'm not anti-hockey coming back. <laughs> I'm not anti-fun having and game playing. I just want everybody to be safe. If it's, ev- it's like that Mitch Marner stream the other day. Yep. And he just said it out loud, didn't he? What did he say? He said, what if someone gets sick and dies? And this was a conversation that we had, ironically, uh, like three or four months ago. By the way, the David Ayers game was less than three months ago. Wow. <laughs> I discovered that yesterday while, while making a video. But uh, we talked about it. I think Travis Dermott was the first Leaf to get the flu or something. And it went through the team like a brush fire. Um, so it's, it's very serious. If, if one player... Uh, in any on any of the teams in any of the hubs, I don't even I don't I don't need to say it. Um, you know, so safety has to be first, second, and third here, and then you figure out the rest. Yeah, I think they'd have them tested every day. And Elliot Friedman was speculating that the each the cost of each test would be a hundred dollars. So a hundred dollars per player every day. It's less okay. than a stick. What's that? It's less than yeah. a stick. It's less. Than, <laughs> you know what? Spend, that's true. They're spending more on sticks during that same game. Yeah, but they're not I mean, spending so. money on sticks. The sticks get they get for free. They get comp the sticks, yeah. right? I'd also <laughs> like to make sure that regular citizens are getting it. And like pe- mm. people, people brought up, you know, a really good point. Like, what about the people maintaining the ice? Like the you know the Zamboni drivers and the and the David Ayers, a David Ayers, and a billion <laughs> other people uh, that you need to maintain 24 hockey teams right. playing in the same place. Like, they better be getting tested every day as well. They better be getting the same benefit. Well, not benefits necessarily. Assurances uh, that the, the players are, are getting too. Listen, if you can do this, if we can do this, do it. But I want to make sure we're doing this properly. We're doing it safe. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think the issue is that if, they, if, if someone did get hurt – like if someone did catch it, uh, the NHL knows that's pretty much it, right? So they've st- they'd ha- they would have restarted everything for nothing. So I think they're going to be as careful as possible because one thing we do know about the NHL is when they – the one thing they're motiva- motivated by is making some money. Yep. So the one thing that would – you know, COVID, you know, you can, you can say – well, they could say, well, we really care about the health and safety of their players. You, and you could believe that. And I would believe that. But the reasons why are oh, we got to keep playing. And so that can be a major, major problem for the NHL. And you could potentially be looking at a lawsuit. So um, it will be very interesting to see how the, player rea- the player's reaction to this is. However, you know, the world, the world is going to start opening up again here. You know, one of, the, one of the issues that we had in North America with COVID, which I know they faced in other countries, Spain and Italy as well, is the lack of available tests. You know, one of the, you know we are here to flatten a curve, right? And we're doing what we're doing to, to flatten it out. 
And the, the reality is we're going to be living with this virus until there's some sort of, uh, uh, some sort of immunity either built up uh, or, a a, or, you know, well, the testing is, is going to be part of it, but the vaccine, right? And yeah. if, until, unless and until they have a vaccine or there's herd immunity, which they haven't proven yet, it's going to be really kind of a close run thing. And they're going to have to be very, very careful. So I bet uh, the NHL is talking. I know they got a close, um, close relationship with the MLB. Uh, I know that uh, Rob Manfred and the MLB owners have put forth some sort of document in front of the players talking about what it would be and what the safety measures would be and how the season would look. Um, and a lot of MLB players are saying, uh, like, cause the, the big fight in the MLB is very interesting because they don't have a 50, 50 revenue share and they don't have a salary cap. There's a luxury tax. Um, and it's, to me, it's, it's just a weirdly run salary cap. Everything in baseball is weird, but the, hey, the, the major thing is if they pay, if they play 82 games, say, which is what they're kind of, you know, it's half their normal season. The owners are like, well, why don't we do a 50, 50 revenue sh- share on this one? because we don't know if we're going to make any money. We're not going to have any gate. Like we will definitely have TV rights money, but that's not, that's fixed. That is what it is. And the players are saying, well, why would I show up to work if I'm not going to get paid what you contractually signed me to play for? So that's going to be a very interesting thing as well. That might be the big hitch there. Um, and obviously the NBA is going to have the same thing too. I, you know, with the NBA, it's funny, you know, you've got a bunch of like all the things about the NBA. Um, it's, a bunch of people sweaty in tight quarters, breathing on each other. Yep. Like the hockey's like that, but NBA as a game, not only is the court smaller, the guys are bigger and there's just less room. And so I, the NBA to me is the one to watch. If they're able to get it off the ground and they're able to do it successfully, then the NHL should be able to as well, as long as everybody follows the rules. The NBA to me is the one that it's like, that's going to be the biggest challenge of them all. The some of the hockey things I read were pretty funny. Like I, I saw, I saw a pitch. Like uh, the wingers on faceoffs have to stand two feet apart, or something. Like that. <laughs> to lean on each like other. Why? Like, that doesn't make on. sense. It's no, safe or it isn't. It's safe or it yeah. isn't. Can yeah, you play stupid. hockey or not? Right. Like, don't go changing it. Don't go change it. Can you play it or not? Right. Like, and if you can play it, go and play it, please. But can you play it or not? Don't do any of this stupid crap. Are, this is so, stupid. so is hitting illegal? Are, is the crease just going to be giant now? Is it maybe Two minutes for a, not physical distancing. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> what are you going to do with gap control? It is hockey. National Hockey League. It can only return when you can play hockey. Can mm-hmm. you play it or not? Right. right. Adam, I, I found it interesting you say that uh, the NBA would be a little easier to get off the ground because I, I thought oh, of I it think as, it's harder. I think it's harder. Oh, sorry. You thought it was harder to get off. I thought it'd be a lot easier because of uh, the way they could design the hubs in that you just need bigger facilities to hold the NFL, the MLB, and NHL. So the NBA's idea of like going to Disney World, once you, once you lock down an area where there's no, uh, the virus doesn't exist, I find it's, it's more of a controlled environment uh, to have basketball because you can build, it's, it's just a little court, you know, in comparison yeah. to... In NHL, you just build a couple courts across across Disney World, and you have these little bubbles, and you keep them there. And then once they're in, 
you could just play sure. games. You know, the idea. that's a good point, Jesse. That's <laughs> the a idea really, is you know, really good but... point. Yeah, <laughs> the idea of it being a Disney World is just so surreal. <laughs> it makes sense though. You just have all this ground, and you build court literally on the grounds. And once it's there, you just don't let anybody out, don't let anybody in, and it's contained. But with with hockey, you got to have these rinks, and you got to have so many rinks and so much upkeep just to keep all of this stuff Hockey's just going. Really difficult. You know. And, really and then difficult. same thing with the, the NFL. Like you can't play outside of these stadiums unless you're going no. to high school fields. But Honestly, even then, I think you just have all the players stay in the Dallas Cowboys stadium because it's big enough. They could sleep. <laughs> yeah. That freaking stadium. Every time I see that on TV, I'm like, like, you know, on TV, things are like, well, it looks a little smaller. Like well, objects in mirror are closer than they actually are. Yeah. Even on even on camera, Dallas's stadium looks like a gigantic airplane hangar you could put several spaceships in it like it's so Mm -hmm. big it's so crazy um i've only been in one nfl arena or uh yeah arena stadium Stadium. my my entire life uh gillette and i remember just standing right in the middle of it and looking at the seats just going holy shit yeah it's crazy what what is this league even the small stadiums are big it's crazy Yeah. yeah Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, you're right, Jesse. That's, I think that's a really good point. And it's funny when, when you, th- when you brought up the, uh, the hub idea with the NBA, like going to Disney world or whatever and saying how easy it would be. I, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but the first thing I thought of afterwards was Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan during the space jam shoots. That's exactly right? like, how it would be. That's literally the staff. idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you could actually, with those tents that they had, you can actually pump in like disinfectants and stuff when they're not there. Like I'm sure there's things that you could do, make sure the air gets cleared out. Like you have big fans um, and that sort of thing. I'm sure there's things that you can do to make it like extra clean in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. It's a really good point. I'm sorry. Yeah, Cause you can't really put the bubbles, the bubbles over uh, the ice rinks the way they do. It's just like the average soccer field at a high school when they want to cover it for the winter. Right. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, it's, it'll be, it's going to be fascinating. I think, I think what I like about this, is that it's forcing, um, I think, a lot of leagues and a lot of uh, management of those leagues that were sort of coasting to be on their feet. Like, you know, Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman, Rob Manfred, uh, Adam Silver, these guys all get paid a lot of money to do what they do. And now it's time to see whether they're worth it. And we'll see. And that's, you know, the owners are probably looking at it going, we, you know, like, we signed you for this. We signed like if I'm an owner of a franchise in the NHL, I don't contribute to Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman's eight million dollar salary, uh, which is relatively small considering how big the league is. Um, I don't con- I don't contribute to his salary for him just to you know go head to head with the players union. I-, I want him to grow the game. I want him to solve problems. And so we'll see of the four who is the best at solving a problem on the fly, given their sports you know. Um, handicaps based on, you know, what's, you know, the, the, you know, like making ice and, and finding a place to do it and hub cities and everything else that goes on with it. Every sport's very different. It'd be very interesting to see at the end of this and look back and go, which league handled this the best, which leadership group really took the bull by the horns. And I think we're finally seeing a tangible test of the upper management of all these leagues. We've been highly critical of the NHLs before. Now we actually get to see whether or not they're worth their money and the owners do too. And there could be, and don't be surprised if there is, if anybody bungles this, be some major changes. Yeah. Well, and we're going to find out in real time. I mean, there's already a couple sort of guinea, guinea pig operations going on. Uh, there's the UFC, there's Bundesliga, yeah. there's uh, Korean baseball. NASCAR. 
Yeah. Is NASCAR back? NASCAR is still going on. Yeah. yeah I think oh, they had a going? race this they had a race this weekend. I believe they just came back. I saw it on Twitter. I'm gonna look I, it up. But see, yeah. it's good for NASCAR because they've been in falling country? in popularity since the nineties. They've like you think people talk about how baseball has issues with demographics. NASCAR has major issues with who's watching and how many new people they can bring in. Um, so this is probably pretty good for them because they, you know, it's like, let me just watch anything competitive. Please, God, let me watch anything. I don't care if they're going in a circle. Today at 3.30 in Darlington, South Carolina, NASCAR is coming back. It's a major race. There you go. Wow. <laughs> um, hey, something that uh, with the 2014 playoff angle, I got a couple things that I want to talk about that I don't think we've, we've covered. And maybe we have, uh, maybe you guys did last show. But um, if they do jump into a 2014 playoff, the seven teams that are not going to be included will probably not play games for nine months. From, what is that, March to December? Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You can understand why, even more now, why they would do a 24 team because you want to limit that damage, right? You want to have something from most of the teams. Yeah. And you can't justify Ottawa and Detroit as much as, you know, we love you guys. It's not the, the teams were meant to lose this year. They were built to lose. Yeah. So, um, you know, just call it what it is, but seven, like all oh, that's all three California teams, which are all pretty major city oh. in, in the NHL, you know, especially in the last decade, decade and a half. It's unreal. The Detroit. sharks are in there. Unreal. Detroit, yeah. Detroit, which is a you know, which is a major market in terms of you know, in NHL terms, that's that's major. Buffalo major. would be in there. Buffalo is another major market oh, in the yeah. NHL. Yeah, yep. yeah, like that's the kind of stuff where you think, like, like, and maybe <laughs> based on how this season has gone for the Sabers and especially their fans, maybe they do need a break from each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> give Jack Eichel a reset. Like, sometimes you just need to go on a break and think about it and see if we're really. Committed. Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. That's I really mean, funny. Right? Right. Um, um, here's, okay. And, is there and, any? And, sorry, and, sorry. sorry, to add to that, before you get into that, does that shorten anyone's career? Does that extend anyone's career? And I'm thinking specifically of Joe Thornton. Does this make Joe Thornton's career longer or shorter? Shorter. Oh, yeah, you're, you're taking like a full it's year. Gotta He's got to be done. Yeah. He's got to be done. Right? But he doesn't think he's done, I bet. Why? Okay. We're making it up on the fly as sure. it is, right? We're completely making this up on the fly. There's a new trade deadline. That's, that's what I'm contributing to this. There, there has <laughs> to be a new trade deadline. Down, down goes Brown said the same thing, actually. He wrote an article about it. If you knew, <laughs> like, let's say uh, Joe, you know, or, or any other older player or some other player was like, you know what? I don't want to get traded. I'm going to stick with my team. What if I told you you're not going to play for nine months? Uh, yeah, okay, trade me to whoever. And location doesn't even matter anymore. No. Like, oh, I don't want to go play in X city. Okay, cool. Well, we're all playing in this one hub city in this extraordinarily unique event. Have a new trade deadline. Get Joe Thornton to go somewhere. Why not? Joe should have been traded, by the way. Yes, he, he absolutely have should have, and he was mad that he wasn't. Have Can I tell you why up? I don't want that to happen? I'm ready. 
because uh, the teams that are out are just kind of a fire sale on all their players, and they don't even have to right. build a roster because they're not playing games. I love it. So I, I feel it. like you shouldn't it. do that because <laughs> okay. it's an unfair advantage to nope. these teams. Nope. They, can, so they nope. can trade all nope. of their – they can tra- trade nope. their entire team. because They, they absolutely can. cannot. No, they can't. They, they can, though. Why? No, Why they can't. Okay, the, the consequence is you suck forever. That's what the Buffalo no, Sabres did. But then they, they sold everybody. So the consequence of getting rid of everyone and getting these picks. But the Sabres uh-huh. didn't buy properly either. Let's be honest. Yeah. No, they didn't buy properly. And didn't know how to buy. They drafted and terribly. The but- other thing that would prevent that, Jesse, is the uh-huh. salary cap, which still exists. No, but you don't have to be over or under anything in the salary cap if you're not playing games. The teams that are going to the playoffs do. No, but you have 24 teams to trade your 20 guys to. You know, you can spread it out amongst these guys. Just like butter. Just spread it across the edge of the toast. Right, and you don't have to be (laughs) cap compliant in the offseason. You could have a salary cap of zero. You could be an expansion franchise if you wanted to and just trade all your guys for picks. I like it. Jack, I go for 10 first-round draft picks. You're not going to do that. Okay. (laughs) Especially the Sabres who can't buy. Ilya Kovalchuk, who is a member of the Washington Capitals, by the way. Weird. Played seven weird, games weird. as a cap. Seven games. How long does that take? Two weeks? New trade deadline. Come on. We're talking about playing at Disney World. Let's get nuts. I want a new trade deadline. I'm not new here for trade that. Deadline, still got to be cap compliant. And when you come out of this, if you're one of those teams who's not going to play for nine months, when you come out of this, you have to be good. You have to ice a good team. So no, you cannot trade everybody. No, you can't. Every team isn't going to be good. What do you mean? So what? You're going to suck on purpose at the end of this? They Detroit and Ottawa already did. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo yeah. sucks, but not on purpose. Like who is Detroit and and Ottawa going to get rid of? Well, I don't think they would. I don't know what they can. They, they don't have assets. They don't Extend have any trade deadline. Damn it! <laughs> Extend the trade deadline. Damn it! You have so, it's a one day televised event. One day. Oh, sounds awesome. That actually would be amazing. Now, now, along those lines, Steve, and I'm going to go back to the trade deadline in just a second here. You should know, we talk about televised events and the NHL trying to capitalize on the gigantic sports void. They were talking about that June 5th draft, which I don't know if you guys know this, is about two weeks away. They couldn't possibly. Not going to happen. No. From what we're hearing, not going to happen. It was a Uh, dumb idea. It was a dumb idea. We're not even sure that the draft is going to happen in June at all. At this point, it could happen later in the summer. And Elliot Friedman speculated that they're a little bit freaked out about it going too late because everything is going to come back in the fall. And they don't want the draft to be overshadowed because it is the big moneymaker for them. Now, to the trade deadline for a second here. I'm going to tell you why I'm for this. I'm going to tell you why I'm for Steve's idea. I know Jesse's a, he's a get it. I'm for it. You're for it. Wow. Yeah. You heard that faster online? You either fur it or again it. So I'm uh, for it. I only know that from Abe Simpson on The Simpsons. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I ain't fur it. I'm again it. That's, all, that's so, all I know it from. So I'm again it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm for it because this is the opportunity that the NHL has to test a post trade line trade trade deadline cap accelerator, which I have been promoting for years as a way to get out of the boring-ass doldrums of the hard cap era. And what I've suggested in the past is a luxury tax for teams going to the playoffs. If you want to spend over at the trade deadline, you're able to buy 5% or 10% more from 
teams that are lesser or whoever you want. Um, you're able to accelerate your salary cap. You play for every dollar you pay, let's say it's 10 million bucks. You got, you, you bring on 10 more million bucks in salary for every dollar you pay. It's three, it's three total dollars. So your 10 million bucks just cost you $30 million. Oh my God. This helps support the NHL teams that do not make money. Your Arizona's, your Winnipeg's, your Florida's and, and pumps them full of cash. All the smaller market teams, Nashville's even in there. Teams going into the playoffs would benefit from this financially. And you say, well, they wouldn't be able to spend because they're small market teams. Well, yes, they would. Because big market teams are spending gigantic amounts of money. The small market teams would then be able to spend too because they're getting all the extra revenue too. It's a revenue share. So I think you want to make the trade deadline more exciting. And I've said this for years. You have a cap accelerator at the trade deadline that kicks into gear. As soon as the trade deadline's over, you can bring in X amount percent more salary than you could have all season long. That gets more stars and more talent onto the teams that are going to the playoffs, which makes the playoffs more competitive, which makes them more watchable, frankly. There's a lot of benefits to this. And a lot of people will just say, well, no, that's, you can't. Well, actually, mathematically, it does work. And I think the NHL, especially this year, when everything's kind of thrown up in the air anyway, why wouldn't you give that a shot? If, if, if we are going to do, in Steve's world, an extended trade deadline, and again, Jesse's again, if we are going to do that, we should absolutely have the cap accelerator on. A hard cap. Spend more money. A hard cap in the NHL has never made sense because all it's done is made the league just kind of flat and they've created too much parity, I've always thought. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely think a soft cap would benefit the NHL, but I just don't know about the trade deadline. Yeah, it's so manufactured. Yeah. Parity. Like, I, I get it's... that they're getting exactly what they wanted, which I suppose is achieving your goal, but it's it's – so manufactured. Losses are half a win. Like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah that's, that's also part of it, right? It should be wins and losses, period. Right. right. I, th I think Batman and the owners have worked so hard to create that balance across the league and that any franchise can make the playoffs because so many of the franchises don't make money unless they're a winning team and they can generate gate and playoff revenue. But it's, it hasn't created a, a, a league where you can, like, create big dynasties and actually spend your money and have the big teams become winners. You right. know, which, which is what you want out of sports, right? Well, you the want NHL's, the fun. It's not a winner's league. It's a participant's league. Right. <laughs> it is. It is. It frankly is. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, if the, I mean, I like the 2014 playoff thing. Um, but it, when you look at that, Chicago and Montreal should absolutely not be there. Yeah, they're, they were on the fringes. But they're not good enough. Period. End of story. And if this were a normal season, you know, with, with the NHL is, is – is, probably having a hard time understanding right now is that and, and I think that this is going to become a reality as the NHL starts to expand to say 33 34 teams is there needs to be more teams in the playoffs and the MLB has noticed this too you know the entire the reason the MLB has has the wild card game is because for uh what is it 65 70 percent of the league September was a throwaway nobody yeah. nobody's in the playoffs so why what do we like why would I still go to the game so they're throwing these games and 10,000 people are showing up when it was 50,000 people before. The NHL is going to have to eventually add more teams to the playoffs. The reason why it worked so well in the 80s is there was like, what, 25, 26 teams and 16 of them made it? It's good to have more teams in the playoffs revenue-wise. I'm just suggesting that if you want to keep it competitive and, uh, and, and, and rolling, 
to me, you want as many good players in the, on, on the teams that are going to the playoffs as possible. You want small and big market teams able to spend that kind of cash to bring them in. And you want to open up the gates. And, and, and I just don't think, why are we protecting franchises that lose constantly, whether it's on purpose or not? Like, why, why are we protecting that? I understand revenue sharing. I get that part of it. But from a competitive standpoint, at a certain point, it's not the league's problem that you suck, Buffalo. It's your problem, right? It's that's not the number one problem. team, right? That's what, and that's what that's be, the number that, one team in this conversation. Bingo. Yeah, I, I also look like a, look at a team like Ottawa, who doesn't seem to want to contribute any money to the health of the league. You know, they're just kind of okay. How how can we pinch every penny as uh, pinch every penny just keep our franchise running and not contribute any money to any of these other teams? Completely problem agree. too. Completely agree. Like they I feel like that's a problem. Now that's not. Let me just say this because sure. people will message us this. I feel like it, it. You should know this, but that's not the fans, right? No, that's ownership. And the Pagulas saved sports in Buffalo, but they haven't been able to do anything with the Sabers. And frankly, the Bills haven't been great either. You know, From they're just what was... at, at what point? Like, why are we putting a competitive life support in place for teams that just suck? <laughs> hire better management. Hire better scouts. You're going to get the same amount of revenue anyway. And, you know, because there is revenue share around the league. Hire, hire better, buy better players. Don't sign Matt Molson and Jeff Skinner to ridiculous contracts. And figure it out, man. Like, just figure it out. That's mean. You're being mean now. I'm sorry. You're being mean. Um, oh, my holy Lord. Uh, like, this is, this is, sorry, this is just something I came across when I was doing a trade tree. Uh, just talking about the futility of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, in 2014, these guys had one, two, three, four, five, six picks in the first three rounds. They had a first three seconds and two thirds. Three of them have played NHL games. One is goaltender Jonas Johansson. He's played six games. Another is Brendan Lemieux, who's not even on the freaking team anymore. And their best one is Sam Reinhart who they picked second overall. He's got 255 points in 400 games, which is good, but it's not as good as Leon Dreisaitl, who was next. selected with the very next pick. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to feel bad for the Buffalo Sabres as an organization. And let me ask you this. When we look back in sports in perpetuity, right? Like we're looking back and we're, we're looking back and, and, and talking about sports' greatest moments. You look at the NHL, you look at the MLB, you look at the NBA. Um, what do we look at? Wins. Exactly. Have you heard <laughs> so anything simple. about have you heard <laughs> anything about in the Michael Jordan documentary how great the parody in the NBA was? <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe so much parody. We just didn't know who was gonna finish eighth, and it was so exciting. No, it was fucking bulls, and it was amazing. And that's got that, by the way, got me into basketball. I can remember vividly watching that Utah Jazz Bulls series that they haven't even talked about on the last dance yet. No. I remember yeah. them going head to head with the Pacers. I watched that and I was not a basketball fan. And, and when or you look at baseball, the Yankees runs in the nineties, Montreal's runs uh, in the late seventies, the Edmonton Oilers in the, in the eighties, you know, everybody talks about the Penguins in Detroit in the two thousands, Chicago, LA, this past decade, no one's talking about God. I'm so glad. I am so, so glad that the Minnesota Wild got into the playoffs for 10 years in a row and were eliminated in the first round. So great. Man, how awesome was that for the game? Really excited about right. it. Let's tell a big old story. It's a participants league. 
It's not a winner's league. The boring dance. The boring the, the No one cares dance. <laughs> the never-ending fucking dance is yeah. what it's called. It doesn't end. It also, the, that, that doc, or that series rather, has helped me realize how, how important star power is um, on both a personal and team basis. Like, and how <laughs> there were teams in there that won championships and just didn't even get mentioned. Like, no one cares. Yeah. The only team in there really is the Pistons. I didn't hear anything about the Rockets. No. <laughs> in those couple of years, no one cares. No one cares. It's like the only championships that matter are back-to-backs. Like, yeah. uh, w- when you're having a conversation, that's not to take anything away from, like, let's say the St. Louis Blues. You know, you finally won one. It was super special to your fan base. But when you're just talking about as a fan of hockey or rather a fan of basketball, you, you measure everything up against the dynasties, up at the champions of champions, you know? Oh, we won back to back. Yeah. Three twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it really, it's, it's really and, put into perspective. And they would have won four when we Michael talk about retired. the greatest of all time. Sorry, what? And they would have won four if Michael hadn't retired. That next Could've year's team. Eight. I don't know. But I don't know. About that, that next year's team was pretty good, man. They made it. They were. Again. Second round? Without yeah, but, but they're. Yeah, you don't you don't factor in like the burnout factor. Right. That's fair, MJ, because MJ played every game so hard, and I think you see that in the doc. But like, you go back to the NBA, and just the league is built on just champions winning over and over and over again. It's from 1984 to 98, only five different teams won the NBA championship. Right, like, and is that what a problem to the NBA to them? during that time? Like. Uh, it blew up. <laughs> right. It grew precipitously. Biggest, yeah. yeah. At the time, it was the biggest sport in the Shocking. world. Shocking. Shocking, yeah. right? It's weird how that happens. Yeah. How the NBA went from empty stadiums in the early 80s, and they did, mm-hmm. to the biggest sports. Well, I guess, and I guess, you, is the NFL biggest or is the NBA biggest? It doesn't matter. NBA is mainstream. Cop, that's how big the NBA is here. It's mainstream pop culture. Yeah. LeBron James isn't just a basketball player. He's a million other things. Michael Jordan was a worldwide sensation. You know, you don't get that in football. Not even Tom Brady, I don't think a, of that. He was in a Bugs Bunny movie. Yeah. Mid-career. Exactly. And, it was, uh, and it was two guys, Magic and Larry Bird, who saved it in the mid-'80s, like you're talking about. It was, it was two guys who permeated pop culture in the middle of the 80s that grew that league and made it what it is today. Bingo. So. Bingo. So, God, I miss sports. <laughs> oh, but I think, oh I think you got to get away from this idea that we have to put – you know, I understand revenue sharing. I don't understand point sharing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to give, if I didn't earn two points, I don't need you to give, I don't need you to give me half of yours. I just yeah. don't. I didn't earn it. I don't belong. Adam, let me throw out a question. I think I asked this to Jesse last show. I'm not sure. If you can come up with a way to safely house and test 24 NHL teams. <laughs> hell, of a, hell of a task. If you can find a way to do it, though, which they seem pretty confident. Oh, that's in, a good question. <laughs> why can't you do it for 31? If you can do it for 24, which is an unbelievable amount of people, uh-huh. why can't you do it for 31? Well, We're having this conversation about nine months off. If you right. can do it for 24, can you not do it for 31? So, Yeah. I think you can't. The, the first answer to that is yes. The second answer is, is it financially worth it? So you've got to look at the cost to benefit ratio here. 
got to ask those seven teams. The, the cost of those you – no, know, the seven teams, come on. Those guys they don't want to They won't say, come on. Again. They'll say, come on. Dude, even the – like, Brendan Gallagher came out this week and was like, I don't know if I want to play. Like, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, funny. come on. I mean, well, he's this, a TikTok is, star now. Yeah, yeah, well, of course. And you know what? Probably more money in it. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it's, it, it comes down to, you know, are, are we really – like, okay, so we're going to have the Leafs go up against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And Austin Matthews gets a knee injury against the Detroit Red Wings. In the middle of Connor August. Connor McDavid has a knee injury against who's the shittiest team in the West? One of the California teams. So LA. It's, it's better that they sustain those injuries during the playoffs. Yes. At least they sustain them in a meaningful game. It's, it's, the Leafs are, what, three points up on a playoff spot? Every game they play for the rest of the regular season is meaningful. Doesn't matter, pandemic. So, for me... I want for those twenty-four teams. I want the the hockey to matter. Doesn't and also, matter. Adam, you're against bringing back everyone. You all, yes, of course. And you've got to also look at. Schedule. I don't think it's of course. I think there's an argument to be made for finishing it out to a number for everyone. Well, I think it's Adam's pro sixteen teams. teams. I'm pro. I'm pro twenty-four. <laughs> but I also think here's why I'm pro twenty-four. But beyond beyond that is that you do need to get as many teams back on the ice as possible, right? You need the TV mm-hmm. rights and all that stuff. Beyond that, like from a business perspective, the other side of this is scheduling. Okay, so you get those, you bring all 31 teams back because why not bring this bloated league right, right on back? Because Steve Make wants it. it. Seat. Yeah. Is, what, is the reason. Finish the season. <laughs> but scheduling becomes a major issue at that point because when does this season end? If the season ends in late October and they have a month off and then, and then they're jumping back in December 1st, like this is the problem. I don't think you have time anymore. Maybe a month ago, we could have had that conversation. But remember, the playoffs are two months long. And these guys are not going to take just a month off uh, in between the season and the next season. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it, if they're, if they're going to do it, they're doing it this summer, and it ends at the end of September. So what about this? The World thing? Series takes over after that. Do you want the Stanley Cup and the World Series going head-to-head? If you're the NHL, no, you do not. Because, no, uh, you do not. Um, here, let, okay, let me throw this out there then. So, on average, teams have about a dozen games left, mm-hmm. roughly. If you, what's, what's wrong with playing these dozen games, right? And then you take a dozen off the next season, you start it in January instead of December. I'm sure that's an option because, they've talked because about. Because, Steve, fuck those teams. <laughs> they didn't what is play. the point of Detroit playing games? Exactly, fuck season. those teams. And Did Detroit you, fans would tell you that. Yeah. Like, if, I was, if, if the Leafs were where they were in 16 and they sucked, I'd be like, no, they're not coming back. Why? Yeah. For what? That's true. We That's don't, true. There's no reason for it. There's no good reason for it. Yeah. There's just no – like, and I, I, I'm sorry, but if I'm Gary Bettman, I don't want Connor McDavid playing anyone from California and, and going down. I'm finally going to get Connor McDavid into the goddamn playoffs. I'm not fucking it yeah. up against yeah. a shitty team that doesn't, doesn't have a chance in hell. Just not. I'm going to look up the Oilers' schedule. I want to see this. <laughs> We're, we're gonna play the. Posted? Which NHL team do I wreck my PCL against? Um, oh man! I, no, I know. I That'd hate be, the name be, of that game. That may be a disaster. Cringe. Oh boy! Wow. Okay, so they got. Oh, they all say PPD postponed. Sad face. Um, we got the Islanders. They're in a dogfight. Philly playoff team, Washington playoff team, and then they got the Sens. Ooh. Tampa, then Anaheim, nope. Mm-mm. Colorado, yes. San Jose, nope. Anaheim again, nope. Vegas, yep. 
Man, the Oilers would be playing so many games against non-playoff teams, and they finish the season against Calgary. Mm, ah. Ah. And I'm and I'm looking. I'm listening to that, thinking in the 24 team playoff thing. Even 30 percent, 30 percent of their games, even in the 24 team playoff, if that goes through, 30 percent of the games you just listed are against non-playoff teams. Still, like, not worth it. Who cares? Who cares? Pack it up and go home, boys. You were it's, good. Gary Bettman is such a fascinating player in all this because it's easy for us on our podcast to say screw those seven teams. Bettman has to actually do it. He's he's got to say, "Listen, screw you." No, I think uh, you, those those teams understand. I think, I think if if you're Ottawa and Anaheim and L.A., you don't want to come back. Yeah, Eugene doesn't What's want the to point? have the electricity bill at the Corral Center. Come on, yeah, wow. or, or just flying all these guys out to whatever hub they make. I don't I don't think you want your players doing that when you know, okay, we're gonna play these seven meaningless games and then pack up and go back home, right. and you're gonna do all this stuff and maybe get covid like I don't, I don't, <laughs> man i can't wait to play 12 more games as this year's detroit red wings and risk covid It'll be right <laughs> no you're so right excited about you're that. right here's a fascinating one though so we talked about montreal being the final seed there um in the east they've played 71 games of 71 points sabers 68 points in 69 games sabers could easily be like man if we play those two games and win both of them we're in that spot, not Montreal. Too bad. Should have had 71 points. Yeah, pandemic. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's easy for us to say, though, but Bettman oh, has it, to say that. And guess what? It's points percentage, man. Whatever's points percentage, wherever that falls. That's that is legit. That's yeah. legit. Yes, yeah. that is points Sorry, percentage. Sorry, should have won more games next season. See you in I'm, December. I'm big on the points percentage thing. But now, it, so that I think that's important. I, it has to be points percentage, right? It's like, they can't be. be yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I want to ask you. Okay, so... We've heard that, and according to Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts this week, uh, Brendan Gallagher and another bunch, I think Philip Deneau was, they were kind of like, ooh, I don't know about playing. I mean, obviously, we talked about Mitch Marner, like, what if someone dies? I'm going to give you a would you rather. So you are, in this case, you are Mark Bergevin, and you are Jeff Molson. You are the two-headed Molson, Molson, okay? We'll work on it. The two-headed hockey man. We'll come back. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. We'll workshop that. Do you... It's a would-you-rather question. Would you rather play in the 2014 playoffs, like the 24-round thing, or have a 6% shot at Alexis Lafreniere? Mm-hmm. Playoffs. Because, because they had a 6% shot at Alexis Lafreniere. But they won't now if they're in the playoffs. That's, this is another very interesting factor in the whole trade deadline thing. Montreal sold. They got rid of Ilya Kovalchuk. Now, all of a sudden, man, I wouldn't have sold if I knew we were going to make the playoffs. <laughs> well, you can't say, ah, I would have done this if I knew a global pandemic was going to happen. Yeah, that's a, pretty, pretty surprising to me. No, we're changing the rules of absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. We're talking about LeBron James playing for a championship at Disney World. Don't tell me it's impossible to have a one-day new super trade deadline in ah. which Montreal can go, never mind, and they... Adam, I believe you asked a would you rather. And no, no, not, would you, yeah. And not, he, hey, Steve, let's talk about your trade deadline idea. Steve is like, Steve is like a good hockey politician. It's like, let's just bring it back to what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Hey, thank you for your question. As a fellow American, I, really, I love the right that you have to ask the question. Adam, listen. 
about the second trade deadline that I think you asked about. I'm not sure. I did. No, I didn't ask about that. Uh, so what would you rather have, Steve? And then Jesse, if he doesn't answer the question, I'm going to go directly to you. Go directly to Jesse. Jesse, what would you rather have? A 6% shot at Alexis Lafreniere if you're Montreal. And I guess you yes. could throw Chicago in this too. Uh, or play in the 24 playoff team, Baluza. I would pick the 24 team playoff. Why? I am putting a better than 6% shot that Carey Price catches fire in whatever this tournament is and might steal Montreal a Stanley Cup. I just think if you're an owner, if you're competitive, I'm a super competitive person. I'm betting on my team and I want them in this because who knows what the hell could happen in this crazy format. Who knows if Max Domi is the only person in the NHL who's still been training this entire time and suddenly he's Wayne Gretzky. You know? Why not take your risk with that rather than hey, I'm going to bet on this lottery ball to fall in my way. Hmm. So I'm I've, going with playoff guy. About Montreal, I've said for a long time, like they're, they're not the greatest. They're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. But if they ever get in, I feel Trouble. like they'll make noise. Trouble. You yeah. know, ju- just the way they're built. Um, so it's fascinating. Here, uh, how about this? Uh, 24 trade, extended trade deadline. Wow, Steve, what a crazy idea. Oh my god. Okay, sorry, I wasn't gonna say that, but how about this extended trade deadline? Also, 24 team playoff format because pandemic, and also keep the draft lottery the way it is. I still don't understand right. why they've changed it. I don't get it. that either. I don't no. get that either. Okay, there's been no explanation. Team, yeah, what if yeah, some team we want, cup? they're just saying we want fucking Detroit to have it, we want Detroit to be good again. Like, just say it, yeah, just come out and if, say it. What that's if, okay. Like, what if some team wins the cup and the first overall pick? Well, then maybe address the shitty parody in your shitty league. Mm-hmm. Also, who cares? Who cares? Like, it, because pandemic. That's the only yeah. reason we're doing any of this. It has changed absolutely everything. And if the number – if the Stanley Cup winning team gets the number one overall pick, it's an international story. It's all attention for the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit more. They won the Stanley Cup because of this kooky, weird little format, and they got the best prospect in the sport. It's, it's great, great pub theater. trivia forever. It's great theater. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, how do you guys? How would you guys play the twenty-four team playoffs? Would you do best of like three for each round? Would you do a single elimination for the first round and then keep going? Because they've never talked about that. They just keep saying, "Okay, twenty-four teams are going to make the playoffs." But how would you guys format the round? I, I think you got to have, because that would be four extra series, right? Wouldn't it? Yeah, I saw the, the tree a little earlier. I'm not, I'm not is, sure is how Is it an exact it even number? No. So you know. have the be. top teams get first round buys, and then they play. And then once that first round is done, then it becomes even. I, I saw the bracket do. earlier today. I mean, I think you got time. Like, if you're not playing the last 10 games, you got time. Do a best of five. That's fine. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing? Yeah. Well, no, no. Just, just the first, the, the, the shitty team round. <laughs> the shitty team round. Is best of five. Yeah. And then you go best of seven. And then you go seven. best of seven. Okay. Yeah. Then it's fuck you, we're on. Now, right. a lot of the, the shitty teams would say, no, let's do best of three because we don't want to be dead in the first round. And to that, I say, you didn't belong there anyway. So just, just be happy that you're playing. So there's it's wow wowzers. Okay, so there's there's a couple different brackets that I'm seeing. There's a really interesting one from Jason M Y R T, um, and the bracket is Calgary versus Winnipeg, and the winner of that goes on to a series against the Blues. 
Edmonton versus Chicago, and the winner of that goes on to a series against the Stars. Edmonton would be in that round? Adam, I'm going to send it to you so you can look at it. I feel like you it's stupid. Why yeah, would they? Here, no, no, here, no, no. Here, here, here. Here's what. No, no, no. This is stupid. Why, Why? are they doing this? Why? No. What? The teams that what? were guaranteed to make the playoffs are not playing in the first round. Period. If you were in a position, points percentage-based, then you are not playing in the first round. If we're doing a five-round playoff, then every team that actually made the playoffs is not going in. That's stupid. Technically, the only teams guaranteed to make it were the teams that had a spot clinched. I'm just yeah, saying. I don't, think, I don't think it works with the numbers, though, Adam. I don't oh, think you can yeah. fit that into the, the 24 teams. Well, I sent you the bracket if you want to take a look. It should be more than wild card then. Vancouver versus Arizona, the winner plays Vegas. Nashville versus Minnesota, the winner plays Colorado. Florida versus Carolina, the winner plays Washington. Toronto versus New York Rangers, oh. winner, winner plays Tampa. Hey, man, at least Toronto could win a series. <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Montreal, winner plays the Flyers. Oh, man, that would be sick. And Yo, Columbus, Pitt, versus, Montreal? Columbus versus the Islanders, winner plays Boston. Columbus Islanders. Who would have a better shot against Boston? The Islanders or Col- I feel like Columbus would be better against Boston. Uh, yeah, like yeah, a better shot. Well, I- and then there was then there was another tweet uh, that I will bring up, and this was fascinating as it pertains just to Columbus from Justin Bourne. So if the NHL season resumes, the Blue Jackets get back from injury. Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Alexander Tessier, I think is how you say it, and likely Josh Anderson. We're really going to have a Columbus wins the cup in October in front of no fans type of finish, aren't we? <laughs> I love Bourne. I love him so much. No, that's, that's funny. It's um, fascinating. It's one idea, man. It's one idea. See, Let me see if I can find the other one. Here's what I think, guys. I think you do a wild card plan. Hmm. So, you know, the, the teams that were top three in their division should not have to play in that first round. And, and, I, and I say that because I think what you have then is you have a wildcard team that was in it and a wildcard team that was almost in it. And that makes it kind of exciting. It, it doesn't make sense to me to have like, a, like what, what, is it, what good is finishing above the wildcard? If I'm, if I'm a team that was above the wildcard, um, I don't think it's very fair that I have to play this extra round when I was above the wild card, the only team that should be able, the only teams that should have to play in those rounds are wild card teams and fringe teams. That's, and that's an easy enough thing to do. You can do that. You're discovering the problem with saying because pandemic. No, no, no. I, I can use it for anything now. I can well, use no, it for just, anything. I mean, I'm just suggesting our, an alternate view. <laughs> no, I know, but this is this is the format we have. Play it. Right now, now we're that, giving the top four teams in each conference first round buys. See, that's I don't ha- I don't hate that. That, that makes but perfect sense. If you were yeah. to look at look at the how the MLB does it with the wild card, though, right? They've got like you could have okay. So so here's like let's look at the Atlantic Division, okay? Tampa, Toronto are still playing each other, right? And Boston plays the winner of wild card game number one or wild card series number one. We should have never gone away from one versus easy. <laughs> It's so much of this I don't is know how that. easy it is. <laughs> that's really easy. I don't understand that, how that's not easy. That, but I think, I think in this case, it'd be important to get away from the divisions and you go back to the conference rankings. So you're ranking everybody one through, what is it? Uh, one as through much as I 10? like that, if they're, one through why 12, would they sorry. change that? 
here they've, I can, they've, so, they've stuck so hard to this fucking stupid concept because, and i hate it jesse i'm with you i want conference yes but but they've stuck so hard to that now they're gonna say midway through the season well you know what well it didn't matter they're no but i think i think if if we're gonna go away from it let's go away from it this is a pandemic yeah. let's, well they better take advantage away of from that. it then i'm with i you. i 100 agree so under this format you go away from it you rank everybody one through 12 and you give the first four first round buys i don't I hate it. it i'm into that i'm doing pandemic, I'm, I'm, you know I'm down. <laughs> let me give another one it's similar but i think it's slightly different this is ac thompson 04 on twitter so uh st louis is the first seed in the west they play the winner of nashville who's eighth and vancouver who's ninth edmonton is number four in the west they play the winner of dallas who is fifth and chicago who is 12th i love that vegas is third in the west they play the winner of winnipeg who is sixth and arizona who is 11th Colorado is second in the West. They play the winner of Calgary, who is seventh, and Minnesota, who is tenth in the East. Boston is number one. They play the winner of Columbus, who is eighth, and the Islanders, who are ninth. That stays the same. Philadelphia is fourth in the East. They play the winner of Pittsburgh, who is fifth, and Montreal, who is twelfth. That's not, that shouldn't be. It should be eight versus, uh, or it should be nine versus twelve. And then Boston would play because you the the best team in the in the conference should get the advantage of playing the worst team. I yeah I agree with you Good there. Yeah. I agree with the you se- there. The seating doesn't make sense. Um, here let me just finish up. Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, Philly is fourth. I'm they play I'm Pittsburgh. Just a coffee. I'm Pitt, yeah, Pittsburgh, who's fifth, and Montreal, who's twelfth. Washington is the third seed in the East. They play the winner of Carolina, who is sixth, and Florida, who is eleventh. Tampa is second in the East. They play the winner of Toronto, who is seventh, and the Rangers, who are tenth. There's something here. I agree with your little edit there, Jesse. It's it's the I like that. The idea is there. It's just they've mixed up the seeding. The seeding needs to factor out so you're the better teams get the worst uh, opponents in the second round, and you need to reward the better seeds in the first round as well. Because yeah, right there, so- you you have too many. What? Um, <laughs> Adam, we can't. Don't talk from your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Steve, Wait, go ahead. I was saying that. Oh no! So they're worried. Yes. They're worrying too much about fairness in the play-in. Mm-hmm. No, like you have eleven versus twelve. Fairness in the play-in. Win- winner yeah, is thrown to the Lions against. There the you go. Yes. Right. And I think that that was Adam's idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's what yeah. it should be. And also, let me throw this out there. Sure. I think. You know, people are going to talk about, well, it's not really fair because the, you know, the teams get the buy or whatever. The NFL does that every year. Also, how many uh, of those in this proposed scenario, how many second round upsets would there be? Because there would be teams that have not played since mid-March. It doesn't matter how good they were. It doesn't matter how good Boston is or, you know, Colorado or whatever. They're going to go up against a team that's played and that will be the evening thing. That will even things out. If a team that has played a three or a five game series goes up against a team that hasn't in the NHL, oh man, sign me up for that because Boston might be a much better team, but even players on Boston would tell you, how do we stay sharp? We haven't played. I I think the teams, yeah, the teams that play more have an unreal advantage in this tournament. And they're fresh. So if you finish, like Montreal could really go on a run here, like really in this scenario. it, It should read Boston, who's first in the East, they play the winner of Montreal versus Florida. Yes. I like that. Um, I like that. But I think what they're also trying to do here is make sure 
the the lowest seeds get eliminated by like making Carolina play Florida, for example. They assume Carolina will beat Florida. They assume Pittsburgh will beat Montreal. But that's not the way you should. That's see not what they should. No, yeah, but again, that that goes back to them. This being a participant league, and they will do that. <laughs> they will do that because it'll be like, well, that's what's fair. It's not about what's fair. These teams earned this, and I'm not. I'm not talking about the Leafs, man. The Leafs would be playing in that first round. What I'm suggesting is the best teams earn the right not to have to play good teams. So the, Flyers, the Flyers who are fourth, you're saying, should play the winner of Pittsburgh, who is fifth, and Carolina, who is sixth. No. No, 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 because there's more than – there's not eight, eight teams. So you need a factor in the fourth team needs to play, like, the, the ninth or whatever. But right now, the fourth plays the winner of fifth versus twelfth, right? And fourth is the worst – of the top yeah. four, well, and they would be playing the winner of. See, the- I think the number one team in the conference should play 11, 11 or twelve. Like so, eleven yeah. and twelve go go up against each other, and the- yeah. In order yeah. to accomplish that, the Flyers have to play the winner of, or you Pittsburgh, just Carolina. you just don't do it bracket style, and you do it NFL playoff style, where every round you reseed. Ooh. So it's just whoever comes out of that, you reseed. So the lowest always plays the best and so forth. Just keep going each round. That's how that the NFL be, does their playoffs. Absolutely. Since you're so playing you the, the same place, yeah. absolutely no problem with that. The sickest. Yeah. Let's do that. Please do let's that. do that. Simple. Then so the Boston hey, gets the lowest seed in the East if, no matter yeah, what. No. And, and so it's not a bracket, you know? If we did that normally, the regular season would actually mean something. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine, well, this this is that? this is a league that regularly has a top four seed in the conference go on the road in the first round of the playoffs because of their okay. walkie division format. You know, let's get even crazier then. If we don't hand out the trophies for Eastern and Western Conference champion, which Throw them in the trash, I, who cares? I don't even remember what they're called. Yeah. Does anyone care? No. No, I'd you should reseed based You're saying on one league. to 24. Yeah. You're all playing you in the go. same oh, place. Oh, oh. East and West don't matter. Oh, I love it. Okay, yeah. you're, bringing me, you're bringing me in more and more. I'm, I'm loving this. Let's, March Madness. Let's do it. Yeah, drop yeah. conferences. Who cares? Drop. That, that's the one thing I'll concede if they're like, okay, that's too far. I'll be like, okay, fine. Do the whole East and West thing. But this rules. This idea rules. Guys, are we fucking brilliant? Yes. <laughs> Damn, we got there. I Never think, I, I think listen, we took, you know what? We took it into the boardroom. <laughs> we threw a bunch of things at the wall. We waited to see what stuck and we built on that. And that is how you circle back around and eliminate mm-hmm. silos in a corporate environment. But Adam, yes. Should we have a new trade deadline? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jesse. Who would yes. we ask about that who might have a strong opinion? Let's Please. check in with trade deadline expert Steve Dangle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they should have. Yo, okay, should have so right if there is a trade, if there's a second trade deadline, we're doing a trade deadline special. Absolutely, and we're doing it live. Uh, no, I don't support that trade. Deadline. And you guys don't get to say anything. It's just me because screw you. You didn't believe in it, <laughs> right? So we're just here and on mute the whole time. Yo, you still have to show up and you have okay. to be there. Uh-huh. And no, you can't be on mute. Your mic has to be on. You just have to be silent. Listen, it's not that I'm not. It's not that I don't like the idea. It's just hilarious to hear you continue to bring it up, <laughs> even when we ask about, you questions that aren't about it. Hey, Steve, no, Steve, what can about? Can you tell your thoughts on God? Well, if God were here, he'd say trade deadline extended. He would, <laughs> or she, they would. All right, we'll have a second trade deadline. That was the eighth commandment. 
the eighth commandment. Thou shalt have a second trade deadline yeah. in the event of a global pandemic. Everyone always forgets the order. Number eight, second trade deadline. Unassailable logic right there. Unassailable. I went to Catholic school. How are you going to doubt me? Now, there are other things to talk about. Um, as I mentioned before, the league is looking at, uh, on backing off the early June draft. Obviously, um, uh, two weeks ago, Bill Daly sent out a memo advocating for this. And most of the reaction, according to Elliot Friedman in 31 Thoughts, was we may not like it. So this is from around the league. We not, may not like it, but whatever the league wants, it gets. So that's very interesting. It, sh- it just shows you how much power Batman and Daly have around the league. The note promised 30 days notice. So we've slipped by the June 5th to uh, 6th date, which I'm, I'm reading directly from 31 Thoughts here. The league could, could go back to its original date of June 26, 27, but online only. However, there is a growing sense in the league office uh, that they are backing away from this fight. Uh, on the Board of Governors call three days after the memo was released, it's believed that approximately half the teams indicated they were completely against doing it before the end of the playoffs. Even more of an issue was that there weren't many teams willing to fight for doing it early. So the teams that really cared really didn't want it to happen. The teams that were, that were fine either way uh, didn't, didn't fight for it. So this is very, very interesting. One of the concerns with having it in the fall, and this is something I brought up earlier, is suddenly the sports calendar is jammed with NFL, tennis majors, golf majors, big horse races, MLB, etc. But that argument is not swaying anyone. So it should be very interesting to see what they do. If they're able to do it in those first couple weeks after Labor Day, let's say they're able to get the playoffs done. Like if they, yeah. if they start July 1st, you probably could get the playoffs done by, by Labor Day, I would think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not inconceivable. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to do it in that weird first couple weeks of like, it doesn't the, the NFL starts like a, a week or two into uh, into September, does it not? Is it like it's usually like a weekend? Like I don't think they're ever. It's the they're not, first week back to school. That Thursday is that the Thursday. NFL kickoff game. So you could do it the Wednesday, you know, and and it's the Wednesday after Labor Day, right? Um, you you could sneak it in in that weird kind of first two weeks period. Uh, I know the MLB would be ramping up at that point, but you know what? You're the NHL, and you have to deal with the fact that you're a smaller league right now, anyway. So deal with it. Um, Something completely off of the NHL for just a second, guys. And oh, this is pretty major. Oh, oh Steve wanted right? to bring up the trade. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm just looking at the prep, so I did <laughs> not see up. Steve. I apologize. <laughs> what, what about what, what trade did you want to propose? Adam, do your freaking whatever you were going to say. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. You brought something up, and then I didn't get to say anything. Oh, please <laughs> well, say it. Say it. Say it. I, I want to know when the NHL is going to start believing in itself. I want to know. When is it going to cater towards its own fan? Don't worry who you're going head-to-head against. Right. Don't worry about it. Just do what makes sense for National Hockey League fans. Cater to your own fans. Stop bringing in glowing pucks and trying to bring in people who are never going to love your sport. Never. A sport grows from people who love it, and they go and tell everyone how much they love it, and then they bring them in. Stop being a minor league. The, mm. the, the baseball doesn't go – we can't start the playoffs now because the NFL season is starting. They don't care. Do what makes the most sense for your league. Right. Miss Adam. Uh, just a quick question. What if they brought in Snoop Dogg to do the draft? If Snoop Dogg hosted the draft, would the NHL get some ratings? Uh, yeah. Actually, I think I would actually watch that. <laughs> but I was going to watch I the draft would, anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> no. 
Listen, no. anyone can be cute for 60 seconds. Like yeah. to put him up there for imagine Snoop Dogg announcing all like 230 picks or whatever it is. <laughs> I want to see Snoop imagine? Dogg announce the 30th pick in round five. Oh, no. <laughs> please no. Please no. Oh my God. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, guys, completely uh am I allowed to move off this now? Yes. Okay. So let's move to the CHL. This is a pretty major story that if this was not a global pandemic, I think would be a much bigger story. It's a, it's a major story in that it's being completely unnoticed. However, uh-huh. it's very important to the future of the game. The CHL has settled a class action lawsuit over minimum wage payments. So the question has always been, are these guys in the CHL student athletes, i.e. I. like the NCAA, which by the way is also debatable, or are they students who are involved in a for-profit league? Now, Pretty sure you know where I stand on that. Here's where the court stood. In an open letter, the CHL has, says it has agreed upon settlement for a total of $30 million. And several sources wow. say each CHL team, that's a major money for the CHL. Uh, each yeah. CHL team will be responsibly, responsible for paying approximately $250,000 in damages. Each club. Some clubs can handle that easier than others, but it is not an insignificant amount, of time, amount at a time when COVID-19 is shutting down everything. The total team payouts will amount to approximately $15 million, according to sources close to the league. So uh, in 2017, Dan Robson reported for Sportsnet that they were seeking $180 million in back pay, uh, sorry, in back wages, overtime pay, vacation pay, and punitive damage. So compared to what they went in on, they went in at $180 million, They ended up paying thirty, which is pretty for, – for class action suits, it's usually like if you win, it's like 10%, right? Usually that's what it comes down to. So it's going to be very, very small. But my question is, if the league has settled this, how do they move forward? If the CHL has settled this, how do they then move forward and not pay these guys? And I know that room and board and all that stuff. But like, in all honesty, how do you move forward after settling a lawsuit for minimum wage and not pay the players minimum wage? That's what's always fascinating to me when these class actions come to a, a head mm-hmm. is they pay out all this money and then nothing changes. And like, what, you just prepare for the next one? Years right. down the line? Um, there was a tweet from someone named Max Ross. Now, I don't know if this is the same Max Ross. I tried to look them up. Um, because they were tweeting about the WHL. There's a Max Ross who played in the WHL from 2008 to 2011 for the mm-hmm. Lethbridge Hurricanes. I assume it's the same person. If it's not, I apologize. But they tweeted, three years in the WHL, uh, approximately $8,500 salary, approximately $20,000 room and board, approximately $25,000 WHL scholarship, approximately $25,000 additional scholarships, equipment, travel, and food covered, opportunity to pursue an education and professional hockey. Explain to me why this isn't enough. Hashtag CHL lawsuit. So that's an interesting perspective from a WHL player who, like we had Carly Agro on a long time ago, and uh, we were talking about like our college athletes you know, should, should they be paid or should they be able to pursue sponsorships and whatever? And she took a little bit of heat for being like, well, I was one of those athletes and I never wanted for anything. She was an NCAA goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. In soccer. So that, that's basically what 
Max is uh, saying here. I don't know. I don't know. Like I look at that and I go, man, is that $8,500 a year or in three years? Cause neither is enough. No. Right. No. Like neither is enough for and, your services. Like you this, have to understand played, that if, like if you're in the CHL or the NCAA, this guy played 137, nine games. So if you're in the CHL, let me ask you this. Fair to say that you're in the top 5% of hockey players on earth. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even the top 2%. Yeah. You're up there. So tell me why that's not worth money. And I'm not saying it's worth a lot of money, especially because the CHL is a junior league and it doesn't, it doesn't make the TV revenues that like there's certain like London and Kitchener and some of those, some of those markets do quite well. But if to me, and this is where this is the, this is the capitalism thing. If you participate in making an organization money, you should participate in taking home some of that money. Right. And I think the fact that people pay to go see them is the fact that it's worth money. You know, it's, it's a business that's generating revenue. And in some cases it can be upwards of millions of dollars, like in the Mm -hmm. cases of like London Knights and those teams. So I don't see how it's not worth something to these kids to be compensated for that. I also think there is something to be said for, it's nice that scholarships and all that stuff. There's also something to be said for there's money in my bank account and I can choose to spend it any way that I want. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Like if you never see that money, it, it, it might be, you know, you, this might sound odd, but from those of us who've never been through a situation like that, uh, if it's a scholarship, you never see it. It's gone. It's, it just goes, the school just gives you the, the, you know, you can go to class and have that, that education and that sort of thing. And I think, I think there has to be some responsibility here held by the CHL because they're employing teenagers. And part of being a teenager in a normal sense is having a, a part-time job that you take a pay home, you know, paycheck home from that is extremely small. But part of learning to manage money and being an adult is not just going to school. It's managing money. And if you are not allowing these guys to have their own money, to earn their own money, and to learn how to spend responsibly and spend irresponsibly, frankly, because that's how you learn to spend responsibly, then you are doing them a disservice for life. And I think that's a life lesson that it doesn't matter really where you work or what you do. 16, 17, 18, pretty formative and important years for learning how to use money. And so you could say, well, they're giving, they're giving all these things. And you would be right. But I also think the CHL has a responsibility to these, not men, boys. These are boys. Our society deems them, most of them, as boys until their 18th birthday. These guys can't go to war. They can't have a drink. They can't do anything. So you're telling me that it's okay not to, not to teach them one of the most fundamentally important things about life? I just don't believe that. And I don't agree with it. And it's, it's fascinating to me, like, because the way he breaks it down, and like, this is his experience, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I should probably listen to his experience despite mm-hmm. my own beliefs. Um, you know, and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm going, okay, I can totally understand why he would think of it this is worth it. What if you blow out your knee? What if you wreck your back? What if you have concussion issues? And there's no shortage of CHL players who have experienced all All of those things. Yep. It's a fascinating little discussion. I, I do think there's merit to the CHL having a union. I just think all attempts at it so far have been ridiculous. It's because they're teenagers. How are you going to get teenagers into no, the union? They're, and form a no, union? 
basically being led by a snake oil salesman. Are but, they? I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it was it was a bunch of years ago. It sort of fizzled, but and I don't know. Maybe he's involved in this lawsuit, and maybe he's not such a snake oil salesman. But um, it is a it is a it's a fascinating topic. Mm. It's a fascinating topic. I, I, I think just, they should be paid. I think but, it's incumbent if you're gonna bring if you're gonna use the youth and the talent of these young players. And they make no mistake, that's what these teams are doing. They're using up their youth for these players. And, and using these players' dreams of making the NHL or even European hockey as a way to profit, you have a responsibility to them, almost in a parental sense, to teach them life lessons. Because the reality is 99% of them will not make it. And... It is your job, if you are profiting off their young skill, their youthful bodies, everything else, you should absolutely have to pay for that. And they should absolutely get to learn what it's like to earn money because most of them are going to have to outside of hockey. That's important. And, I, and, I, and then this is where, you know, this goes into a bigger discussion for me where, like, I would prefer my kid in the NCAA. And I know the NCAA is fraught with issues. But I'd rather them be there if they're playing hockey. Football is a different thing. If they're playing hockey, I'd rather them be in the NCAA because at least they're getting an education. The CHL, it's like they pull them out of high school at 16. You know, they, they have hockey education. But come on. Well, and I will say, though, that this guy, so I'm just on his HockeyDB page, uh, he then went on to play five years at the University of Calgary. Great. Which means he was at the awesome. University of Calgary for five years. Right? So awesome. I, don't know, I don't know how that scholarship works, the WHL scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the WHL education program? Do they give you 25 grand towards going to university? I'm not sure. What if you exactly don't want to go to university? Right. What if you want to pick up a fucking trade? What's wrong with yeah. that? Oh Where's my that 25,000? Give them the $25,000. Let them choose how to spend it. Some of the people I know with the most money just <laughs> didn't. They, they took like one college course and they're in a trade and they're friggin' just caked. <laughs> yeah. Like I, this is the, this is a frustrating part. Now maybe that education is well, if you, if you're going to be a plumber or whatever, you have to do classes. So maybe it pays for that, but it doesn't cost 25 grand. You know, you're out there working. It's practical experience. Most of it. I don't know. I just, there's an issue for that for me. I think people need to learn how to manage money. It's one of the biggest problems facing our society. Everyone's in insane debt. And yeah, I think that we really need to we really need to have a, a wake up call with money. It's crazy. Now, um, lastly, this is just a quick point about the Leafs. You know, and if but, you're if you don't listen to us for Leaf content, you just listen to us for NHL content. I think we've done pretty good today because we've rarely talked about the Leafs. But I do need to sprinkle this in. Number four on Thirty One Thoughts, Elliot Friedman said, "I'm also not sure the Maple Leafs are too eager to ever flirt with LTIR again. They knew." They were starting last year with, without Dermot and Zach Hyman. It wasn't an easy dance for them or Vegas last season. So I wonder, I mean, Clarkson's what? deal is expired finally. I think, that the Le- I think the Leafs are, were a little concerned and things got a little tight with the LTIR, excuse me, LTIR. I think that they maybe have realized, and they sort of had to do this because of the, I, I believe, how they managed their cap this past year. But... My thinking is that means that they're going to try to stop some of the cap shenanigans and just ha- just be a little under the cap and give themselves some breathing room. It seems like a much hmm. less stressful way of doing things, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I did get pretty sick of looking at the Leafs' cap-friendly page and having no idea what the hell was going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they were sort of this weird unicorn, and Vegas was in there. And look at all the moves the Leafs have, have made with Vegas in Vegas's very short time in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it's been because of complete cap shenaniganery. And it's it's the way they did business is starting to alter the way they do business in all other aspects of the team, asking their rookies not to take bonuses. Well, what happened last time? Uh, the last time the Leafs didn't give a prominent guy on an entry-level contract bonuses. They paid for it. Yeah, they paid for it. He, Mitch Marner held it over their head, the entire contract negotiation, and you didn't give me this, so blah, blah, blah. And now that guy makes nearly $11 million a year. And you know who doesn't have any bonuses? Rasmus Andy. And that's the contract he signed because they said you'll have an easier time making the show, kid. Now what happens in a couple of years when you got to re-sign Rasmus Sandin? They already burnt year one. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. So uh, at what point is this cost-saving measure actually costing you money? And I think this clever team pulled out their calculators and they figured out the answer is now. So we're going to stop. I just want to know why you employ a guy like Brandon Pridham then. You have a guy there who can just manipulate the calculators to do whatever he wants them to do. And I think if you're going to do that, you should take advantage of that and find any way to circumvent the cap however you want. Well, to that point, Jesse, I think that Brandon Printon probably said to them, this isn't worth it. If if he's the one who's crunching the numbers and then he says that doesn't work, then yes, then I trust that. Because it has to be what happens. But if it's somebody above him who's saying hey we want to calm down all this caption shenaniganery then i have a problem with it but if it's the people who are crunching the numbers who are making that decision then i understand so what you guys are representing here are the arts and the sciences jesse you are the sciences you are the hard numbers you've brought that up you just brought that point up steve was talking about the art the art of negotiation the art of managing a team the numbers are what the numbers are Pull out your calculator. Here's the number. Make sure you know the rules, though, because there's still some NHL teams that don't know the rules. So if you're, if you're calculating on the wrong rules, then you're screwed. But the art of this is that players feel disrespected, especially the star players. And if they have major leverage going into a contract negotiation, which if you draft well, they should. Yeah. If you, great young players going to RFA, fantastic. That's a great problem to have. Those are good One thing you don't yeah. want them to have is to feel disrespected right? That just puts roadblocks up. It closes people off. And you know what? Mitch Marner did deserve the rookie bonuses. Why not? If he earns them, great. Pay him out. But that was a Lou decision. And that was a Lou thing. And that's why Matthews didn't get signed till later in the summer because they realized, oh, we're just not going to get him. He's just not going to play. He'll go back yeah, to Zurich. He's like, <laughs> that was the most hilarious thing. I'm the first overall pick. Yeah. yeah. You weirdo, sign me. Like, yeah. Who, yeah. what like, leverage do you have? I'm the very first little, overall pick. Nobody has talked about this, but there should be an article written on how Austin Matthews beat Lou Lamorello at the negotiating table. By being himself and with, armed with nothing else other than his skill set. So if Lou's this great name, negotiator, please. Lou should have got Matthews in at 925 and no bonuses. But he didn't. Because first overall pick. Because he's the first overall game. pick and he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And does, would anyone give back the $3.5 million cap hit? No. Like, Matthews put up a 40-goal season with a – shut up. Mm-hmm. Shut up. He was worth every damn dollar. Yeah. yeah. I also wonder, though, at what point the Board of Governors 
go, why is every other team in this league paying X amount of dollars to play and winning with less than the salary cap? And we're paying this team that hasn't made it past the first round $95.2 million. I know the Leafs have the money, but at what point do you get sick of spending more than everybody else? Because why are the Leafs giving Robin Leonard anything? Did you know that the Leafs pay Robin Leonard? They do. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do they pay him? Because of a deal that was made at the trade deadline. Let me see if I can find That was this year, correct? Yeah. It was this year. That was the flew... Clifford deal. No. No, it was uh, a three, three-way deal. Uh, in the three-way deal, the Chicago Blackhawks acquired Malcolm Subban and Stanislav Demin and a 2020 second-round pick uh, from Pittsburgh. This second-round pick is the one that Pittsburgh gave to Vegas for Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. The Leafs acquired Robin Leonard, $2.5 million retained. So for a very brief moment, the Leafs had Robin Leonard. Talk about solving your backup issue. And a 2020 fifth-round pick from Vegas. Then Vegas gets Robin Leonard at $1.1 million salary retained. And Martin's Jerkhouse, who was a Leafs prospect who was only playing in Europe. So the Leafs paid like a prorated $1.1 million for a fifth round pick. That's not bad. That's just free money. Free money. Yeah. For a fifth round pick? Yeah, but that doesn't cost you anything, you know? Okay. It's not our money. So, of course, absolutely go and do that. It's non-existent. But if I'm on that board, I'm going... I'm sorry. Is it prudent that we paid several hundred thousand dollars or whatever it ended up being to get a fifth round pick? Well, in the league, you can't, you can't buy a draft pick. You can't go, Hey, NHL, I have a $10 million. I'd like to buy four first round draft picks. You can't do that. But that's essentially what they did in this case for a fifth round pick, which I don't hate that. I think if you can manipulate trades in that way, where you can just be like, Hey, we're going to spend this money and we're going to buy a free first, uh, fifth round pick. I Mm -hmm. think you do that. I think the board of governors absolutely do that. Steve, I don't think the board of governors cares. Like really the Leafs make that much money. I don't think they care even about the 92 million. I don't think they care. What they care about is them getting, you know, into the playoffs a little bit later. But I think, you know, if, if I'm the board of governors, before I take umbrage with paying $92 million for a team that makes me probably 10 times that, um, I would say, uh, let's, let's push. We've got some real weight here in the NHL. Let's push to change the format. Yeah. Callie, like, you know, Rosen, like that's, that's what I would say. Callie Rosen's a leaf again. Steve didn't, Steve didn't hear me at all. <laughs> I that's did. Okay. I, no, Steve I did. said uh, I he wants care. a trade deadline uh, to happen when. He wants the so league they can get rid of Callie Rosen again. <laughs> But then trade him for him back. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> let's uh, Jesse, do you have uh, anything for the press conference? I do have plenty of things. So let's do those things. The, SDP. the Steve Dangle Press Conference. Uh, this time, we're going to do Adam's History Corner a little differently. Oh. This one's from Graham Renfrew. Renfro. Adam, I want you to pick this person and then tell us about this person. Tell us their history. So you have to choose any historical figure to run the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so think about it for a second. I'll, uh, I'll delay. But you get to pick any human from history to uh, run the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then I, I want you this. to give... No. <laughs> 
I'm talking about a general or an emperor that you could just get to run the least for, and then give us the reasons on his history and his mm. backstory. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I, let me think about that. Let me think about that. Yeah, okay. you, you take your time. All right. Um, Steve, do you want me to ask you a question in the meantime? Sure. I'm just I'm just trying to picture some like ancient Greek emperor being like so like you're explaining the rules of hockey to them. So what do you mean you can't stab them? <laughs> if he's in my way, should I not simply stab him? Steve, Steve there this were is... no Greek emperors until Alexander the Great. Listen, Adam, all right. They were known for their democracy. Shut up, nerd. That's, that's not Steve, this is your question. Yep. This is from uh, Leafs underscore Reflux on Twitter. Would you like to see the Leafs do something more creative out of their third jersey? I'm what? personally in favor of something really out there to have fun with it. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, well, what even is their third jersey? The St. Pat's? That's, I wouldn't even I say so. that's a third jersey. It's a gimmick jersey that they wear. Like, they wear on St. Patrick's Day, and they wear it one other time to throw us a bone. Sometimes. Um, that is what I would like to see. I'd like to see it be the St. Pat's jersey. That's a sexy jersey, man. Give me the green version of it, too. I just want to see it. You want to see it in, like, October? Maybe not. <laughs> no, no. You got to give me some time. Like you got to do it as like a Christmas treat or something like that. But it's you, a St. Patrick's Day jersey. Yeah. And then you wear it St. Patrick's Day as well. No, it's you not a St. Patrick's Day jersey. Uh, it's a St. Pat's jersey right, that they right. wear on St. Patrick's Day. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, I'd probably <laughs> do that. What the, the leaves are interesting in that. And I get why you're asking the question because um, they don't do the Captain Highliner like the Islanders did or the, you know, uh, randomly add red to their color scheme, like the, the St. Louis blues did. Um, but they kind of just stick with what's worked for them. Historically, the Montreal Canadians have not changed their Jersey very much in their centennial. They lost their mind a little bit, um, with that random barbershop Jersey or whatever. But I think the beauty of the Toronto Maple Leafs Jersey is they've, just always stuck to what they are. The St. Pat's jersey is just more of that. Wear that more. That's what I would do. Can I say something? What? Yes. Third jerseys are gimmicks, and they're for gimmick franchises. The New York <laughs> Yankees. The New York Yankees don't change the pinstripe. Well, they have they have non-pinstripe jerseys. It either says New York or it says Yankees. That's yeah. it. There is home and away. Because they are the New York Yankees. That's right. <laughs> well, if the Leafs aspire to be that, and I know they do, um, leave it. No third jerseys. I don't even, I don't even, here's this. I own a St. Pat's jersey. I love it. No. You are blue and white and you are always blue and white. The, the Leafs are, are the Italian pizza place that you call up and you order what's on the menu or they no, hang up. The Leafs are, for <laughs> hockey, a globally recognized brand. Yep. You don't need gimmicks. The reason the Islanders needed Captain Highliner is because they needed gimmicks to survive. And that's not, a, that's not because they don't have a hardcore fan base. It's because they didn't have very good economics. And I, I have to say, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not trashing the Islanders organization for doing that. But I think gimmicky shit is gimmicky shit. Leave that for gimmicky franchises. These are the, this is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're over a century old. Steve, you said it perfectly. Montreal has never changed their jersey. It's always been the C and the H. The Leafs, unfortunately, went through a 40-year interlude where they had that weird 
Like if you look at the Leafs jersey from five years ago, I can't believe how fucking ugly that thing was. Holy moly. But we went back. Yeah, oh, that's so ugly. Uh, like, <laughs> that's what my chair is made out of. Yeah. Oh. The old pajama like, jersey. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible okay. jerseys. Yeah. Um, that, that logo, that Harold Ballard logo is the one that they stuck with for 40 years. But it's awful. The, 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 the logo they have now, which is, uh, harkens back to what they were when they were at their most successful, that's what it should be, and it should only be that. Like, I mean, the, the most – you look at, like – so you look at the, bill, the, the, the Bulls. They had the black and red, which looked cool. But, like, you, you are the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't do that. You know, the Leafs don't have a gimmicky Twitter page. They don't have a gimmicky thing going on. Uh, yeah, they, they do the same pe- – you know what I mean? They don't have, like, wow, Leafs Twitter personality, the Leafs at Maple yeah. Leafs. You know what oh, I mean? he roasted him from the Leafs. Oh, yeah. just like, here's the score. Simon again, slay. <laughs> oh, my God, here's Wes McCauley. Um, uh, I, I cannot wait for the Leafs TikToks. Oh, boy. I cannot wait. Yeah, that'll be funny. Do you, have a, do you have an answer for your history history corner? So my answer is Jengis or Chingis Khan. And the reason I say that is that he grew up, is. his father was killed by a, another clan's uh, group when he was quite young. Uh, he and his family were destitute for years on the steppes, uh, which is, you know, the big plains in, in uh, Asia. And he was able to as a young man, unite all the clans, become the great Khan, and take over half the world, or at least half the known world at that time. And what I like about this guy, now, he did kill a lot of people, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they I've estimate never read that. that <laughs> what's that? I've never read that. About uh, a lot of people. Um, they estimate today that this guy also fathered a lot of people, and that I think he is responsible. There are 45 million dis- direct descendants of Genghis Khan right now. Which is bigger than Canada. More people than in Canada. That's how what? many like he had a harem that just followed him around. And it's not for any of those reasons. This guy was able to do the impossible thing. And the impossible thing in the NHL is the least winning the cup. He burned it all down. He <laughs> tore a swath through everything. He 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 did not follow rules, protocols, anything else. This guy came in, he did things differently. They fought all on horseback. Each um, Mongol had about four horses. So the crazy thing is about it is they'd show up to battle, they'd ride in on one horse and then get on another, fire a bunch of arrows and then get off that horse and get on another horse and then do it again and keep doing it. You know, let the horses kind of catch their breath. So you have the Europeans, they all have one horse and the horse gets tired and they're screwed. The Mongols are like, yeah, we're not even going to fight you with swords. We're just going to fire a bunch of arrows in your direction and you'll be dead eventually. And that's what happened. And they, it, they were highly, highly successful. They did things differently. Uh, they burned it all down, and I want to see the Leafs do that. I want, this, I want to see the Leafs go at the NHL like a bull. Just blow it all up and, and, and win. Uh, so I, liked his leader, I like his leadership style. Uh, I don't like the whole genocidal angle of Genghis Khan. So if we could ignore that for the purposes of this exercise, yeah. that's, uh, that would be great. Hey, do you want to beat Brad Marchand? Yeah. Do you, do you want to defeat him in the playoffs? Yeah. Do you want to make him sad and make him cry? Yeah. You want to pour molten silver down his throat at center ice? All right, now that's too far. Probably not. No, that's that's I, way too far. Also, that's, I want to cheer for no. him when Team Canada plays again. Yeah, like so. <laughs> can we not? Like then you would have to. You got to manage personalities, though. You got to be like, listen, Mister General Manager Khan, mm-hmm. you cannot murder the opposition. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not it's frowned upon. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. that just... George Peros might give it a fine, a five thousand dollar fine. Yeah. It's max allowable under the CBA. Listen, don't don't come at me. It's about the CBA. It's not his fault. But Steve, if you get a fine, you do get a free T-shirt. Wow. Well, it's a nice there is little, that. Nice. Thanks for showing up. There is that. Jesus. Jesse, go ahead. Next question. Adam, do you want to do the Falkland Wars oh, between so <laughs> the 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 where Argentina fought England? Argentina in the 70s? and England. Can you Over give an us island off the coast of like? It's so stupid. Okay, so I, I, I don't it. know why it's stupid. Tell me. Well, so from what I understand <laughs> at the time, Argentina had. Also, uh, oh, before, me wrong, before you I'm, started, uh-huh. I just want to say this question is from Stephen Perez. He wants to give a brief rundown on the Falkland Wars between England and Argentina. Thank All you. Right. So, right. so the Falkland Islands are islands off the coast, coast of South America. They've been in. Uh, in British hands for, I think, two or 300 years. My Argentinian history is a bit spotty. But from what I can remember, they were under a bit of a despotic ruler government at the time. And from, if, if I'm not mistaken, they thought England, which if you watch The Crown, uh, was a bit weak at that time. They'd lost most of their overseas holdings. Uh, they had trouble keeping the lights on. Have you guys seen the most recent episodes of The Crown, like the last season? I do not watch that show. Mm, okay, well, it's no, a good show. I saw the first season for sure. The, the prime so. minister went to, uh, went to war with his own unions, and they had a whole bunch of coal-fired power plants, and then they just stopped producing coal, so they had to, including in the palace, just shut off the lights and have rolling blackouts until they figured it out. So... The Falkland Wars, I think, were in the late 70s, early 80s. England was, had fallen enormously, you know, since World War II in, in terms of world statue and power, statute and power. And I think Argentina tried to take advantage of that and take over the Falkland Islands, which they believe are theirs. And uh, England said, no, they're not. And that was pretty much the end of it. Uh, it was sort of, it's a, it's a second-rate power versus still a first-rate power, but on the decline. And it, from what I know, and I don't know much, uh, it was over pretty quickly. So that's, that's all I know. <laughs> England pretty much wiped the floor with it. But who would expect that, right? That's so weird. That, that like reminds me versus Argentina, right? It's like a weird, <laughs> really? That's yeah. like a real life version of what's the hardest you've ever fallen for an April Fool's pl- prank? Because I fell for a radio one when I was in my early teens. So I was still what a kid. You, what was it? I think it was on, I want to say it was AM 640. And do you remember that? So Canada has a huge bunch of islands way up North. And supposedly, I think it was Denmark was on this one Island, a Canadian owned Island and Canada's Navy went up to it. And we're like, Hey, get off our Island. And they were like, well, you weren't here. And there was this like international argument, like, and supposedly this part's real. That there did this, happen. That yeah, happen. there was an international argument about like, well, you should, if to own an island, you should have to have something on it or someone on it. You can't mm-hmm. just arbitrarily own this swath of land. But you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. By the way, yes. yes, you can. You literally can. No, yeah, That's a but that was the argument. Stupid argument. But anyway. <laughs> that was the argument. That yeah. was the argument. So uh, then this, this radio station um, made it so that a Canadian naval ship was going up to that island and Denmark fired at it. Oh, and so I was God. sitting there on April Fool's Day, like 2003 or four, going, are we going to war with Denmark? 
<laughs> like, wow. I thought, oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, you can't do that on the radio anymore. You'd get in big no, shit. No, no, this was a different time. But there yeah. was a, like, like I didn't have a cell phone, but if I did, I would have been like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, yeah. I think we're going I to war with Denmark. I don't know if this is a hot take, but April Fool's Day is the worst thing in the world. I hate it. I think it's pointless and useless, and it's just it diverts people's attentions away from things that are actually important. I would either- agree with that. Um, and I would say that close second is New Year's. New Year's is a pain in the ass. Sucks. Isn't it just it? sucks. Yeah. I want to be away from people at that point. I've just spent a whole week with my family. Now, can you just give me a minute? For God's sakes. <laughs> That's why I stay in. I hated it even in my party years. Do not like New Year's. Like I, I, you know what? The one time I had fun at New Year's, Jesse, when you had your New Year's Eve party. That was fun. <laughs> that was a good year. Yeah. It was good people. It was yeah. in his little party room in his condo. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, most New Year's, you come out of it being like, ah, that party was, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's kissing so, at midnight. So overhyped that it never lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. You know, and the parties are never as fun as they can be. And you're always drained at that time of year, like you said, Adam. Oh, Christmas. Yeah. You can have a good one. But oh, for sure. The amount of meh ones just so heavily outweighs the good ones. Yeah. 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 A good New Year's for me is like having a pizza and having a drink and sitting back and watching the big New Year's Eve party in New York. That's fun for me. Mm-hmm. That was, so we figured out, and this is, this is advice to you young kids out there, um, advice to any of you who, when you get out of this, are going to be going through the bachelor party phase of your life, mm-hmm. right? So we discovered this too deep into our bachelor party phase of our life. One night probably at the end that is your gentleman's night you sit and watch something like gentlemen you have a steak like gentlemen and a glass of scotch like gentlemen not hammered out of your face you just you just have a gentlemanly night i like night. that idea i like that it's nice it's the best it's the best you get it out of your system like let, let's say they average 3 days you do your two day thing and you have your gentleman's night. Or if you're going to have your one party hit the town, bah, do that. But I highly recommend you have a gentleman's night at home. And, and, an extended trade deadline. Sorry? <laughs> and an extended trade deadline. You absolutely should have an extended <laughs> trade deadline. What are you talking about? Have you guys been to Vegas? Never. Yes. Never? Once. How was Once. it? Uh, I almost missed my flight home. Oh, yeah. that good. It was, uh, Vegas is great because you have the shame of showing up to the airport hungover and then you get there and everyone else is too. So you don't feel bad. Right. Was this for the NHL awards? This was for the NHL awards and I got very drunk. All right. <laughs> Did you hit the strip? The, no. Can you tell us some stories? <laughs> sure. No, I got, I got invited to, um, I got invited to <laughs> shut up. I got invited to, uh, one of those ridiculous after parties that oh, yeah. I'd, that I'd it's okay if anyone's ever seen the movie Euro Trip when they walk into the club in Bratislava like it's one of those oh. places where I didn't know a party this big in a room this big existed top five most famous people in that room oh good question Ooh. Jesse there were a lot of NHL players there 
there was Rob Riggle, who was, I believe was the host <laughs> that year <laughs> of the NHL Awards. Ooh, we're not starting strong. Uh, no. no. I love no, Rob I Riggle, know. but even Rob Riggle's like, ooh. It was yeah. not a lot of people there. I know. No, there were. I just Snoop Dogg. Oh, there was Snoop Dogg was there. I wasn't exactly <laughs> celebrity watching. I was more um, uh, just enamored with the fact that uh, people in their underwear were walking up to our table and bringing us vodka. Hmm. Like just bottles of it. Would you like some? And I said, yes. And then I offered the money and they said, no. And I go, what? It was one of those things. Hmm. Um, and it was very wonderful. And I had a great time. And I remember having a conversation with a stranger about how he's got to be, he's got to be good to his lady. And then I woke up the next morning and got on a plane. <laughs> I don't remember how I got back. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no <All right>. idea. <laughs> That's yeah. like most trips to Vegas. Can't remember a damn thing. I didn't Thought properly I do Vegas. It was like a <laughs> couple day work trip. That's apparently that's how you do Vegas is a couple days max. Maybe go I, see a show. I did not feel ripped off. Okay. I did not feel like I have not seen enough of Vegas. Okay. Uh, Hockey Lake 72 asks, there are four sports that exist right now. Korean baseball, UFC, Bundesliga, and NASCAR. Are you watching or do you plan on watching any of those four? Bundesliga. Yeah, I think I might get into Bundesliga. Um, UFC, I'm just... It's weird. I'm more into martial arts than I've ever been, and I'm less into UFC than I've ever been. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I just don't care about the organization. The belts don't mean anything. Um, it's just boring to me. Uh, I, I could get into Bundesliga just because so many people I know are jacked for it, too. Mm-hmm. And I can see myself it's a getting great into league. Korean baseball as well. Yeah, it's a great league. I, well, Korean baseball is fun because they just do baseball differently, right? Like the yeah. fans are a little bit more rap. Like they, the fans are up and moving and, you know, chanting and all that. Well, I mean, there's no fans now, but uh, I think, I think you'd love Bundesliga just because it's such a, like the stadiums are massive. The games are crazy. Um, and honestly, like the, the, the level of play is so great that you don't even, I mean, not that, it, I mean, you're not a big you don't care. Like there's, there's people I know that watch soccer so much that they can't watch MLS. Cause they're like, Oh, the, the rate of play socks. Whereas like, I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's, it's awesome. I love going. I'm a huge TFC guy. I love being at the games, especially live. There is nothing like a live soccer game. It's the best. It's beautiful. And I've enjoyed it. I think you'll, yeah. I mean, you went to, you went to one in Europe, man. You went to one in Scotland. That's yeah, awesome. It was awesome. It was um, great. I think, I think scoreless. Sure scoreless and it was great <laughs> uh i've no tried goals. and despite my father's protestations i just don't give a shit about the nascar thing uh no. if f1 was back i'd be interested i don't nascar just never did it for me and i don't know why i do love auto racing just not interested in nascar yeah not yucking anyone's yum just not for me i'm excited for the prem to come back the premiership uh because i feel like to f- fully be part of my wife's family i need to pick a team and watch it I might pick Chelsea just because uh, my younger brother-in-law cheers for them and they wear blue. (laughs) That's the only reason. That's a good reason. That's a good enough reason. I started cheering for Arsenal because I, uh, because I liked a girl at camp who was an Arsenal fan and I was 10. (laughs) That's a good reason. That's my older brother-in-law's team. There you go. There you go. Uh, Liking a girl at camp is a good reason to do anything. I think so. Yeah. She did not pay attention to me. Just throwing that out there. This will be the final question. Xander wants to know on Twitter. We all know the internet is full of crazy people and crazy conspiracy theories. 
But what is one conspiracy theory you think could be real? Adam Wilde, Steve Dangle. Do you have one that conspiracy? The, that the NHL actually wants Detroit to have the first overall pick. Ah, that's so good. And you know what? I like that. I don't fucking blame them at all. I don't blame them at all. That's where I want to go. I don't want Lafreniere in Ottawa. Sorry. I want him in Detroit. I need him in Detroit. It's like, no, you know what? What if they sacrifice McDavid to the Edmonton gods? Because what was the first thing that we said? Was the first thing that we said when McDavid went to Edmonton? We said, well, it's definitely not rigged. Yeah. We know that. And then the next year, the hockey Illuminati gave us Austin Matthews. And now they will give Lafreniere to the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Google gobble, Google gobble. I like it. I'm going to bet on that. Well, no, you've got to come up with one, too. You, you have a theory? Uh, it doesn't yeah, have to be Jesse, you have to come up with one, too. Yeah, I'm going to try to think <laughs> of, like, an actual conspiracy. It could be a sports conspiracy. I mean, you, like, the first one that came to my mind was the Michael Jordan thing with the gambling, where he was suspended for 18 months. Which, yeah, the, he, he produces the last dance, right? Yeah, his team does, yeah. But I don't – there's no way that's held under wraps. No. For this long. No. Like, that he, was, come out. he wasn't suspended. Oh. No, 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 no. I don't think he was suspended. Yeah. But I do think all the a lot of the other stuff is true. Uh, well, they, they talked about his, his very open gambling addiction. Yeah, no, but he's <laughs> like, I don't have one. And I'm like, you kind of sound like you have one. That's what an addict would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing about having a competition problem is that's often why people are problematic gamblers. Is they have a competition problem. <laughs> so... Uh, can I say there's something weird at there's there's something why is area 51 still so secret? Let me say that. Also, I don't know if aliens are a conspiracy theory anymore because we're just so desensitized that the Pentagon friggin announced that here's here's a thing that we couldn't identify in the sky flying. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, and none of us cared. Yeah. Well, I mean, guys, I, I, put your religions aside for a second. I don't have one to put aside. Yeah, there's fucking aliens, you idiots. <laughs> like, yeah, are, just are scientifically, there is other life forms in the in just the simple sense yeah, that there's a universe, and that yeah, and that bacteria will exist on a planet ten hundred million light years away from here. Like, that's just. Know. Science. I don't, I don't know if there's a Bible verse that says also there's no aliens. So I know it's funny because that's that's the thing is that people are like, well, that could upset the apple cart with religion, and I'm like, no, it couldn't. Like, there's nothing that says and God said fuck off to all the other planets. Like, <laughs> like really, you never, you know, there's nothing about that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll say there's something fishy about Area 51, man. That's what I'll say. Wow, what a I got. Take. I got one. You put me on the spot. I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say Jimi Hendrix is alive or something like that. Like, Tupac. I, don't, I don't know. Tupac. Tupac's on an island somewhere. You know Although, how, many people, how many people have produced more albums dead than alive? Teenage Biggie? Me thought Tupac Biggie was too. alive. No. Did he? Teenage Me definitely thought Tupac was alive. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, well, I got you one. Know what if he has been on an island this long? What has he really missed? <laughs> like, honestly, quite a bit. Much. 
You think? A global well, pandemic something. Yeah. yeah. iPhones. I'd prefer to miss it. Anyway. You missed uh, iPhones. Okay. That's the amazing thing about 2020 is if Tupac were to come back, it would be with a Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah. A, Netfl- a Netflix documentary. Here's yeah. all the cell phone footage that I've been taking like since I've been gone. And the cell phone is this big. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Jesse, please continue. Uh my conspiracy theory that I think everyone would agree with is that Jeffrey Epstein had some help in killing himself. Uh, yeah. 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 I doubt, I don't even think he killed himself, man. I, I think he was, there was too much that he knew about too many people. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? They can't all, find the see. They can't. Oh, we can't find the security tapes. He was only in a max security. Are you kidding me? Man. Damn, a hundred years from now, it's gonna be released. What the hell happened there? A hundred? Yeah, it's that's always something. It's like, oh, we found out a hundred years later. I don't think so we won't be soon. around, but yeah. I'll be I'll be looking down from heaven or whatever, and going, you know what? Freaking, <laughs> I knew it. Oh, you'll be looking down from now. You have a religion. Now. Oh, okay. wow. Listen, wow. I have my. I own get religion. it. I see. I have wow. my own religion, and it suits me. Thank you very much. That's not. Don't impugn my beliefs. No. Thank you. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, you're right, Jesse. I think it's it. Um, so is that it for today? I'm having tacos tonight. That's it. That's my beliefs. Okay, well, Steve, let me ask you a question. Do you have any sportsy things that you would like to promote before we go? What are you doing with the net of sports? Uh, we are, I, I, I can say we are officially working on the Lindros trade tree. Oh, I'm excited. You mean I, the, 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 hold on. It, going into Philly or leaving? Uh, no, going into Philly. Going into Philly. Okay. It's I. If there's a bigger trade in NHL history, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I was sent half of it. If I did a video on half of it, it would be tw- at least twice as long as any trade tree we've ever done. This video might honestly be an hour long. Wow. This it'll easily be the the longest video I've ever done. Um, man, I'm excited for this. There's no way it's any shorter than half an hour. What? Um, I can't, wow. wait. I don't know when we're going like to do a documentary, this. man. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to do this one, but the, the reception for the, um, for the dang it's in the trade trees, uh, has been so good that we're going to ramp up production. So we're going to keep those going. Oh, the Sunday night stream. Uh, we're not doing that this week, but I think okay. it should be back next week. All right. Well, there it is. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will be back Wednesday afternoon, like usual. Sorry for the odd days this week. Obviously, we had some stuff going on. But we'll see you Wednesday, and hopefully at that point, I, I hope. And what do we think? The next couple weeks, do we get confirmation from the NHL that this is happening? No. Not, not till, the next couple weeks? Not till like late, late May or early June, I'm guessing. Mm. They still I'm got time here. Say, I want it so bad. I'm going to say tomorrow because we're recording today. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Steve, wrap us up like you would on YouTube. It's a, Tomorrow's a holiday. I don't yeah. think yep. break news. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Is it? Is it? That is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends that having a second trade deadline this year is a great idea.
the Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.